0: action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now welcome to super movie brothers let's start the show Super Movie Brothers Episode 174 before we start the whole introduction shit that we normally do, I have to warn you guys, Jay is not here this week for some reason. It is 50 degrees outside and he is at the beach. So, I had to bring in someone else to host with us this week. And in honor of this person being here, I am wearing my Rocco's Modern Life t-shirt because just like Rocco, our co-host this week, Duty from the Shaken Not Nerd podcast and Shaken Not Noob podcast is also from Australia. How you been, Duty? I'm good, I'm good. I'm like rocker though i
1: don't work as a sex phone operator because um look my voice is like butter i just i just it it gets everywhere it, it melts if it's left out for too long
0: it's like butter <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i'm very excited to be on first episode of, uh, of super movie Brothers. It's been, yeah, been yeah, a long time fan first time caller and um yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's an honor to be on the uh, be a, a a temporal bro for an episode
0: well the fun thing about this is is that you are our our number one call out like y- because you correct us so much that you pretty much get a shout out just about every episode
1: <laughs> so i think i think your worst one was about solo yeah
0: yeah well i mean in last episode because like we were saying downtown abbey you were like it's downtown abbey god damn it it's just it's downtown abbey stop saying downtown abbey and i was like that's yeah dumb. yeah that was that was <laughs> good it was like
1: oh don't really watch downtown abbey i'm like it's not downtown it's <laughs> Do not downtown. <laughs> Do (laughs) it's downtown
0: uh and then of course before you even get a chance to correct me on the last episode uh you know when we were talking about the birds of prey i kept calling them the the uh mask society they weren't the mask society in in the birds of prey trailer they are the false face society from dc comics so uh i have to get that correction out of the way i should just give you a producer credit (laughs) on this show for how much you correct us
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, well look when uh, when of course you start moving over to YouTube you can have like the end credits and then just have pop-ups like executive producer and then just have your Patreon people as you know executive producers and stuff.
0: That's the, that that is a great plan. And you are a Patreon as well. So you do get all the uh, extra content that goes up. Well, look, for
1: people who haven't who are on the fence about your Patreon, it's outstanding stuff. I it it makes work enjoyable. I listen to it when I'm at the gym. I need to be careful with what exercise I'm doing, but I <laughs> I, I, I listen to it whenever I can. Essentially a new episode pops up sweet and then as a Patreon episode, I'm like fucking even
0: better. So we are super excited to have you here, man. So, let's find out what you've been up to this week.
1: It's been one week since you looked at me. This week, um, well look, we've, uh, in Australia, or in Melbourne at the moment, is PAX, which is Penny Arcade Expert, sort of like an E3, Um, it's the biggest gaming convention that we sort of have in Australia, and uh, Fuzzy and I have been
0: we get some pax here. We got Pax East, which I think usually happens yeah, in, get- <laughs> in Boston, and then we have Pax West, which happens out in Seattle. So, we we, we get the we get the Pax. You get Pax. <laughs> That's uh, Pax is probably one of the biggest
1: things that that sort of we get. We get Supernova and we get Comic-Con, but gaming we get we get nothing. So, we get Pax, uh Pax Australia. So, um yesterday I went to Pax and interviewed uh, John Demice from CD Project Red and we talked about Cyberpunk 2077 and what we can expect. So, there's a little bonus uh, interview episode up now. Uh, um we'll be going back to packs throughout the weekend as well. There's Avengers hands-on, so I'm I'm really keen to play some Avengers. I went behind closed doors and saw some Watchdogs Legion, which it looks fantastic. From everything I've seen trailer-wise, I was a little bit on the fence. But actually seeing raw gameplay, I'm, I'm sitting there going, okay, cool. I'm 100% on board now. Absolutely. Um,
0: that that sounds awesome. Now, the only question I want to know is, like, obviously, uh, now, I don't talk about video games on our show a whole lot other than I mention when I'm playing them and stuff because we're not a video game show. But you do have a video game show. You are the only video game show that I listen to. Uh, Shaken, uh, not noob. But uh, uh, Shucks. So, uh, at E3, everyone went apeshit when they found out Keanu Reeves was going to be in Cyberbuck 20. 20- 2077 then some later news came out where they're being cagey about whether you can romance him or not i just need to know when you were when you were talking you know doing this interview did you find out how gaping of an asshole we can we have keanu reeves (laughs) having
1: unfortunately i don't think we can actually our characters can have a romantic relationship can i take uh, the red pill
0: and go down his rabbit hole that's what i need to know
1: Well, there is no rabbit hole. Unfortunately, um, you can't take any pills with. Well, look, you might be able to trip drugs with Keanu, but you can't have any romantic relationships with his character of Johnny Silverhands. Um, but I did ask one of the important questions of, of course, with which we'll three see, we got I can
0: screen, I can screenshot and Photoshop anything over his cyber, <laughs> over his cyberpunk character. So, well, then there we
1: go. Look, well, look. Any, anything could happen in your mind, Palace. Um, But, uh, yeah, we're, there's not going to be a Gwent type of game as well. So I asked them if there'll be something like a micro game like Gwent we got for Witcher. And um, they're, they're focusing hardcore on the story and the world and not, not putting in a sort of a, a micro game into it as well, which is really interesting.
0: Yeah. And uh, some people might be interested. You mentioned the Avengers video game that's being developed by Crystal Dynamics. Um, yeah. And it's, it's very much a cinematic type game where like the it seems like the world they're setting up is is very much adjacent to the the mcu world where it's it's more like believable costumes more believable characters and stuff like that and it's going to have a story that spans over years they were saying like like they they have some big plans for this uh for this avengers game so you avengers fans uh there, there's gonna be a lot coming out about that which duty will be talking about it on shaken not noob
1: yeah so that should be next week's episode we i haven't gotten a chance to to, to get it yet the the line was massive so like they've got the Avengers sort of booth next to watchdogs um, so while I was waiting to go into watchdogs the line for Avengers was around the corner and then I went oh there's another small line next to so it maybe that's an express line or something they've got uh, you can actually play the VR Iron Man there as well so essentially fuzzy and I are going to be going be there uh, on, on our on our Australian Sunday and we're literally just gonna play everything and anything we can uh, I might even go back today there's board games and DD set up it's on another side of the hall. So, it's, it's going to be a really, really big episode next week of, of essentially what's What's been going on. So, yeah.
0: Awesome. Super jealous of, of that. Now, by the time people are hearing this episode, I believe your episode will be out within a day or two or uh, should, should be coinciding with this episode's release. Hopefully, everyone Hopefully, yeah. goes over there and checks it out to find out what you've been playing and all your thoughts for all you gamers out there. Uh, as for what I've been up to this week, uh, I, I had a little bit of a haunted weekend. I spent uh, an entire weekend pretty much watching horror films. I'm not going to bore everybody with the horror films that I've been watching, and I can't mention some of their names, because some of them are on duty and I's top five over the next two weeks. We're going to have two top fives uh, this week. We are doing top five horror films from two thousands, uh, which is going to span from 2000 to 2009. And then next week with my lovely wife, Lauren, we're going to do our top five horror movies of the 2010s spanning 2010 to 2019. So oh wow. uh, some of those horror movies are, I watched this weekend, so I can't really discuss them uh, without spoiling my list a little bit, but I did managed to get myself out to a local Philadelphia attraction every year on on Walnut Street they open up a speakeasy and it's a haunted speakeasy and what they do is they take they take cocktails and they theme them to to horrific things and I had a couple great cocktails when I was there it was it was a little bit more hoity-toity than I expected you know you're going to like a, a horror event and what I'm really yeah. expecting to do is like I'm expecting you know the freaks the geeks the peoples in costumes and stuff like that and instead I'm getting dudes with tucked in Button-down Oxford's, you know, wearing fucking penny loafers, like just chilling in in a corner, like macking on chicks, and I'm like, you know,
1: how uh, what That's I? That's not really a horror bar. It's hip. It's a bit of hipstery.
0: Yeah, it is, you know And I was just like, man, this is like Not what I was expecting You know, we were going to go to Pennhurst Asylum Which is like uh, one of our many local uh, Haunted attractions that, that opens up It's an actual asylum that was in use It's been on a bunch of those ghost hunter shows That are all made up <laughs> But, you know, it is supposedly a real haunted location Every year, they have multiple attractions there We were supposed to do that But my wife bailed on me And it just seemed weird Me and my buddy Ryan Going there, just me and him You know, like holding hands through all the exhibits It's getting scared, jumping in his arms. He's so he's so big, (laughs) he's so strong, he's so safe. You know, he just feels safe in his arms. (laughs) I'm
1: just I'm just picturing that you're the Scooby Doo of the situation, sort of just uh, all the all the shaggy just jumping up into the arms. Yeah,
0: like whoa, Scoob, a ghost.
1: (laughs) 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 I'm not even going to attempt to to try one of those, but but yeah, you've
0: Both of our feet, you know, they got to do like the running on the carpet.
1: You can hear your knees like shake, yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. Come on, Ryan, you're not going to go in. Will you demo for a Scooby snack? (laughs) How about two Scooby snacks? (laughs) So that is what we were up to this week. Doody, let's head over and let's get into. What are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Always watching. No, 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 go past this. Past this part. In fact,
1: never play this again. Well, shit, what have I been watching? Um, I've been sort of on a on a sitcom warpath for this year. Um, there are so many sort of sitcoms that people are like, how have you not watched Seinfeld? How have you not watched The Office? So on and so forth. Um, so I'm binge watching Friends because I've never seen Friends before. And I'm fucking loving it. Um, I'm understanding so many references now that people make that
0: I don't necessarily get. There's um, a moment in Friends. I'm not sure if you're at that episode yet. And... For some reason, it, it kills me. It's a moment where they're locked out of the apartment, and everyone is sitting outside, and I believe they're eating cake or pie, and Joey walks up, and he goes, oh, what are we having? Cake? And he reaches into his pocket. Now, he just got home from wherever he was, and he pulls out a fork. He just carries a fork <laughs> with him, <laughs> in case there's a moment that somebody has pie or cake. Uh, we were to understand
1: there'd be pie and punch. There isn't any. Oh
0: and he can just jump right in. And for some reason, like that little detail, it's something that like to me, I was like that is a character moment that makes me love Joey Tribbiani so much more.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the last episode I just watched was when uh I think uh, fuck, Rachel made a trifle with meat and jam and stuff, and everyone is hating it, and Joey's just going, cream, good, jam, good, meat, good, <laughs> and he just <laughs> eats everyone the entire apartment. It was, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's been really, really good. Of course, um, with with Nerd, we're going to the movies, and you know, we reviewed Joker. Uh, I went to an early screening of Gemini Man a couple of weeks ago,
0: which was pretty cool. Yeah, um, you're actually going to gotten- have a review for Gemini Man, which just came out in the States uh, this past week, so you're going to be reviewing yeah. that soon.
1: Yes so that was actually that was pretty interesting and um we got an invite to go see Jennifer Lopez's Hustlers and I essentially sent the email sort of showed the message to all the nerd guys going all right who wants to go to Hustlers and everyone's gone no, <laughs> it
0: gets it gets good buzz, man. But we ourselves at, at uh, it came out here two or three weeks ago here in the states, and we mm. we passed on it. Like we we did we didn't go see it. Um, that's one of those movies that where it's like, oh, what's coming on HBO tonight? And it's like, oh, it's Hustlers. What do we, do we got plans? No, nah, we don't have plans. I guess we'll watch Hustlers. You know?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It seems like one of those. I'll just wait for it to hit a streaming service or something. Sort of movie. Absolutely, movies. absolutely. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh my wife went to uh, to go see that last night which was pretty cool um, and I've also been sitting in I don't know why but I've been it's it was it's been 2 years since I was in the states last uh, essentially two years ago I was in the States so I've been binge watching Batman the animated series as well just just going back and sort of sitting here with a bowl of cereal just eat you know eating cereal and watching Batman the animated series
0: like I was seven yeah I, I absolutely love that show that's my favorite show when everyone asks like you know TV shows that you grew up watching like that's my number one show like that and yeah. the Simpsons like ba- like those are the two shows I grew up I have the fondest memories of and I still have my now I have the blu-ray box sets but I still have my old DVD box sets of of Batman the animated series and I've even turned Jay onto it when I made him watch Batman Mask and the Phantasm for our old movie homework segments. So, oh, um, it's great movie. Oh, it's so good. Uh, so for me, man, what I got down to watching was I was on the Netflix because uh, there's not a whole lot for for me to watch right now. Like I, I'm not a big TV person much anymore. You know, uh, mm-hmm. me and Lauren have like our sitcoms that we watch, but I, most of the time they're on while I'm editing. I'm not even really paying attention to them, and I can't talk about this as us because you know I don't want to cry right now what are you gonna cry now come on, cry, baby. Cry for me. Yeah, just, not, <laughs> just not in the cry mood, you know? But I did watch two Netflix shows this week, uh, two Netflix movies. The first one I watched was In the Tall Grass. Now, this has Patrick Wilson in it, and uh, he you know, he has a pretty much minor role. You know, He has a supporting character role, but it's about a group of people. They pull off to the side of the road, and they go into Tall Grass because they hear someone calling them. And once they get in there, things are not what they seem let me tell you so <laughs> uh it, it starts it starts playing around with time and and space and there is uh, an evil entity in there but there's also like a weird artifact that the, that's in the center of it and i you know to be honest the mystery box they built for me i i was actually having fun trying to figure it out by the time you get to the end though i i think i was just worn out on the whole concept and i was just ready for it to end so i mean if if you got nothing else to watch i Guess it's a recommend, but honestly, I mean, there's so much other stuff that that came to Netflix that you can watch. Big Mouth. I, I just watched the uh, third season of Big Mouth, and I don't know if you've watched that yeah at all duty Oh, but, i love big uh, yeah Mouth. nick kroll and and uh john mulaney just they are absolutely hilarious and it it that show is one that like if there is a a a level that is too far they'll go too past it <laughs> just for yeah. their laughs um, walking I, penises and, and uh, french accent
1: penises and it's uh, just it's insane
0: there there is a part in the third season where they they become like superheroes they all get superpowers and uh the, the hormone monster uh john mulaney's hormone monster becomes wolverine uh and he has <laughs> he has he has furry dick claws <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh oh, fucking <laughs> hell. nick kroll's character uh he he can grow really big and he calls himself big dick boy <laughs> <laughs>
1: so uh, I, I just love the cast as well like you, you listen to it and you realize like there's Jason is there's June Diane Raphael all that sort of stuff
0: oh yeah Maya Rudolph is great as the female hormone monster you know it's it's a hilarious show and I know I talked about it last year when when the season came out like I was watching it this year I've always had it on in the background I guess Lauren didn't pay attention to it but while it was on I think it was a moment where like uh, one of the girls is using a mirror to check out her own vagina and like they're showing it and my wife's like yeah the, the fuck are you Watching, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I had the, I had the
1: exact same thing with Mon. I was watching it, and she came in, going, "What are you watching?" Oh, she came in again. What are you watching? And um, <laughs> and it was Big Mouth, and it was where Kristen Wig was the talking vagina, and Mon goes, "What
0: is this fucking crass I shit?" Know, like,
1: you- and I you- just went, "Watch it," and she loves it now.
0: I feel like it's a show that like that like y- you watch, and if people don't get it, you- you're watching it like porn. Like if someone comes in, you want to slam your laptop closed and be like, "I wasn't wa- I wasn't watching anything. Like nothing." I don't know. That- I don't know. Look, did you Did if-
1: you get your haircut?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I-, I picture if my mom saw me watching it when I was younger, I would get the Sheila Brufaloski. What? 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> And I Come did watch on. one other movie on Netflix this week. I watched a film with Boyd Holbrook, and it takes place in Philadelphia, uh, which, you know, my hometown. So it's called In the Shadow of the Moon, and it follows a Philadelphia detective who is hunting down a female serial killer in the 1980s, and then she returns in the 1990s, and then she returns in, in the early 2000s, and then she returns in contemporary time. And it's, it's extremely, you know, I, I actually I liked it a whole lot more than Into the Tall Girl. I don't like Boyd Holbrook all that much as as far as like an actor goes, but I gotta I gotta say you know he's he he is a drop dead sexy man. But they do a lot to hide his sexiness in this movie. Uh, but I feel like you know he this movie was definitely one of those ones that was shopped around the Hollywood and it, and it just didn't get picked up by anybody. There's definitely like a Philip K. Dick type vibe to it. So if if you if you're catching my drift and you're seeing where I'm going with you know with a name mentioned like Philip K. Dick, then uh it's it's that type. There's a sci-fi bend to this story but you know i i highly recommend it not only because it was filmed in my hometown which it actually wasn't they filmed it in toronto (laughs) because you know philadelphia is notorious that if you want to film in philadelphia you're going to pay taxes out the nose to do it it's just like when a a film production came to springfield and the mayor decides to start taxing the hell out of them so (laughs) they are
1: living out of town tax
0: yeah apparently the only one who can make movies tax-free in philadelphia is m night schemalon and that's it what a twist! So, but uh, you know the or, or uh, Sylvester Stallone or or Stallone, yeah. I mean, but that usually they usually comes with a with a big studio and a big budget and everything like that that can afford it. You know, no, nothing nothing small potatoes like in the shadow of the moon. Uh, but I mean, it, it's an effective you know sci-fi thriller that has you know a good mystery to it. And uh, even though you may figure out the mystery halfway through, I, I think by the time you get to its resolution, you you wind up feeling feeling pretty good about what you've just seen. So, I, I actually recommend that everybody get out there and see that.
1: I wanted to give uh, in, in the Tall Grass a look at, but it, it feels like just one of those films that they, they shot it in three days and then just went, yeah, that'll do it. It, it just not, it might not even necessarily have that feel that, you know, that it might be a really, really good film. Um, but it, just by watching the trailer of that and after watching IT Chapter 2 and loving it, I was like, okay, cool. This yeah. next Stephen King thing might be all right. And then it, it just felt a little weird.
0: I think Into the Tall Grass could have, you know, I, I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot you can do with that story. You know, it's, it's short. It's only like a hundred and it's only a hundred and one minutes. So it's extremely short. It's just over 90 minutes, but I think if, if there was a little bit more style to it, you know, like if it, it, I think that's my problem with it, like it's shot in this tall grass and stuff. So you have a, a completely bland background and your scenery rarely changes in it. So they have to do something stylistically with the camera work for, for, to, to really keep you in. And all they really do is they do high panning shots. Like every now and then and it's like uh, you know yeah i I feel, I feel like if somebody like sam raimi had direct this with the tight pull-ins and stuff like that and 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 the the camera you know movement like chasing you and everything i think and bruce I think, campbell and and bruce campbell in the patrick wilson role you know what i <laughs> that's i think i could remake this film anyway, as long as we get at groovy bruce to do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> then, it's, then it's worth your time you know it, it would be like it would be like the follow-up to bubba hotep that we never got yeah no i never i never even saw bubba
1: hotep so i have no comment on that one
0: oh my god you gotta see bubba hotep uh he plays he plays an aging elvis in a retirement home and his best friend is uh jfk but jfk has been put into a black man's body the fuck and they fight a mummy who's returned to life named Bubba Hotep (laughs) that sounds awful I'm telling you right now
1: that sounds fucking that sounds worse than Mortal Kombat Annihilation that sounds awful
0: (laughs) hey man the synopsis may not be all that it seems okay I'm just saying give it a watch it it might be worth your time (laughs) especially (laughs) if you especially if you like Groovy Bruce (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Alright man Let's uh, That's it for what we've been watching this week Let's head over And let's get into some news the news department let's get this one out of the way because uh this one i find highly ridiculous but also fun to talk about jared leto is a little bit butthurt over the joker film he's not butthurt over its success or joaquin phoenix performance in any way what he is upset about is that dc and warner brothers did a solo joker film and just kind of left him in the dust without so much as a courtesy call to him
1: <laughs> so yeah, I, I I read about this as well, which is um, it's it's pretty funny if you ask me because like uh, there are some sort of production photos of Birds of Prey and it's clearly it's not Jared Leto it's like a stand in who is you you don't necessarily see his entire face but it's like Joker throwing something out of like a house window to Harley Quinn and it's like clearly they didn't get Leto back because you would be like oh I I need to go full method again and send used condoms to Margot Robbie and a dead bat to fucking Dan Affleck and stuff.
0: I think Warner Brothers would have been willing to put up with him again if his performance was well received and it wasn't you know like I, I, think I think like Suicide Squad could have been a whole lot better had his performance been better received. But you know, in, in the end, no one really liked it. It was it was far removed from any Joker that anyone had ever gotten before. And a lot of his method acting choices, I don't think people were going with. Like like the choice for him not to truly smile throughout the film, but to use the tattoo on his hand as like his yeah. ripist grin. I was I, you know that's the type of stuff that that I wasn't going with. You know it I I, I, I it wasn't crazy. About the tattoos. Now the way he acted and stuff, I was I mean, that was fine. But you know, I, I think I, like I think his
1: unpredictability about his yeah, his acting, sort of absolutely. some of the scenes you see him, and you don't know. That's that's what I will say. That. Sort of without going into going back to uh, anything to spoil the new Joker film is that Leto had that unpredictability on screen where I felt unease, where I didn't necessarily felt un- didn't feel uneasy with Heath Ledger or with 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 Phoenix.
0: Well, you don't feel uneasy with with Joaquin Phoenix because you're just completely emerged into whatever he is going on in his head, and you're taking yeah, exactly. that you, you're taking that ride with him. And by by the time you're halfway through the movie, almost nothing can shock you at that point and by the time you get to the third act like i mean i said it in my review i audibly laughed at some of the stuff that was that was going on in the third act where i was like oh shit like i am i am not a sane person
1: (laughs) the fbi agents in the cinema are starting to look at you
0: but I mean, let's be honest, if Warner Brothers gave Jared Leto a call and said like, you know, hey, would you like to do your own Joker solo movie and stuff like that? He would be like, nah, I'm too busy with my weird 30 Seconds to Mars uh, you know, sex cult that I got going on, which is like, apparently like a real thing, and if you don't, if you think I'm kidding, what? go yeah, go to Google and type in uh, Jared Leto's sex cult, and you'll see a bunch of pictures of him dressed in white with people following him, dressed in white, ones where he's like walking on a wall, he's got this long hair, long beard, and he very much looks like a, a 70s cult leader there's even a, a part where he's sitting in a chair with his legs crossed and everyone else is sitting is sitting pretzel <laughs> you know like when you're in kindergarten you sit down the ground you sit pretzel you're, or in in america indian style and uh he's like addressing like this group of people what the fuck i'm serious look into it there there's a thing
1: out there about that i'm also <laughs> curious as well when it comes to suicide squad was his interpretation of, or what was Leto's version of the Joker dictated by Warner Brothers and, and the studio or was that sort of we want you to play the Joker and Jared Letter goes hold my beer that's that's what I want to know whether he's like I have a cool idea or was it Warner Brothers going we I- want a hipster edgy style
0: I think I blame it both on the stylistic choices of David Ayers for for that film that allowed for his portrayal to exist you know Ooh, uh, yep. uh, the, 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 like they he very stylistically wanted there to be you know this this bright colorful you know atmosphere to it uh he he definitely wanted to bring almost like a punk rock you know edge to it and i, I think yeah. that's 100% david ayers which then you know influenced jared leto and how he was going to perform as the joker you know i really think jared leto might have brought in a different performance had he had someone else reigning that set. In. Yeah,
1: I just give us a, give me a fucking traditional bleached skin, permanent green hair, big, you know, massive, massive smile. Like, give us a Hamill Joker. Give us, give us another one of those. And I like the interpretations the we're getting, ba- but I want a traditional.
0: The nice part about DC Comics is with the pantheon of history, we already have it written in in multiple different ways that you could recast Jared Leto and never use him again. We have Joker who cuts his own face off and then wears his his rotting meat mask yep. <laughs> of his own face uh there, there is the storyline where joker is actually three separate individuals in one there's a storyline where he dies and is reborn uh and is a different person so there, there's a lot of different explanations for why you could change who the joker is not necessarily saying joaquin phoenix but i am saying we're done with you jared leto we don't need you anymore <laughs> next news story <laughs> All right, this one is one that's close to my heart because I am a big fan of this guy and uh at some, you know, uh, next week I will be going and seeing Jane Sand the Bob reboot and I'm kind of excited for it. So reportedly Kevin Smith's plot for Clerks 3, it was inspired by his heart attack. So previously, he 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 was writing a script for Clerks 3, but he he had dropped out because Jeff Anderson who plays uh Randall wasn't interested in it you know it was actually a tough sell to get Randall to come back for for Clerks 2 and you know he wasn't going with what was in the script for Clerks 3 so that wound up getting put on the back burner and a slew of other projects were Greenlight with Kevin Smith and then the one that wound up sticking is the one that we will get next week here in the States uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot it's coming out on a Tuesday very small limited release me and Lauren got lucky enough to get to get tickets to it because they sold out quick in this area area with him you know being from the area and really close by to us now it seems like clerks three the script that he has written has gotten everybody excited again and jeff anderson who wanted nothing to do with it is now back on board and they have reconciled and you know it looks like that you know they'll be coming back now i'm not sure what what they mean by his heart attack has inspired the the story for clerks three i'm not sure whether that means dante or randall will be dealing with with any type of of life threatening moment themselves or whether it is just the idea of the acceptance that they are getting older yet again and uh exploring where that takes them
1: well that's the, that's the thing as well like i'm i'm curious the the actor Ran- the actor who plays the character of randall what the fuck has he done outside of clerks and appearing in like more rats and stuff like that in the background
0: I mean, not not a whole lot, really. To to be honest with you, um, he he do, he has done some indie films here and there. I know he starred in, in one with the guy who played Elias in Clerks Two. And I forget what it was, but it was like one of those one crazy night type movies. Um, and uh, I, I believe he was in another film with Jason Mewes. But he has done some smaller, you know. I, and when I say indie flicks, I mean like indie flicks that are so underground that that Jason has never even seen them. <laughs> like Jason never even heard of them. Uh, <laughs> Jason
1: seen some fucked up things, man.
0: Yeah, he he doesn't do a whole lot, but I know, I, I believe he's one of those guys that has a career outside of of his films. You know, I, I'm looking forward to both Jay and Sound the Bob reboot only because I want to see what Kevin Smith brings with hindsight now that we are 18 years removed from Jay and Sound the Bob Strike Back, which to me is one of his worst God, films. That's fucking
1: great. I loved it. I thought Uh, it was
0: great. I think it's one of. I I think it tried too hard to be more like the comedies that were coming out at the time, and were being less of Kevin Smith comedies. Were being less of a Kevin Smith film, and being more like the comedies of of the time, like Anchorman and stuff like that, and Austin Powers. It was. It was a little bit
1: like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There were there there were some things that, like, even you know, rewatching that film now, I still lose my shit over it. I think
0: I I think Kevin Smith has a better understanding of who he is now and the type of filmmaker he is and the films that he wants to make. so I'm thinking Jay and sound the Bob reboot is going to bring something that, that me as a huge view, a skewniverse fan will enjoy next new story. <laughs> Alright, duty. this is one that I am actually really interested to hear uh, your opinion on. So uh, yes. Yaha Abdul-Mateen II uh, he played Black Manta in Aquaman, one of your favorite films of 2018, am I right? I fucking, that is probably my film of 2018. I fucking loved that movie. <laughs> so uh, he was cast, he's, he's been recently announced to be cast in Matrix 4 in an unspecified role. Now last week on the show we did a news story about how they were going to be looking for younger actors to play the roles of neo morpheus and possibly trinity my my question is do you think that that this is he's being cast as as a young morpheus
1: i don't think he'll be necessarily cast as a young morpheus if they're continuing it there's like you know this it's the internet theories are fucking everywhere but there are theories that the the sort of the the prophecy of the one is a is a constant repeating circle because it's a it constantly just goes around sort of like the the you know recoming of fucking Jesus or whatever that right. it's a constant moving they're rebooting it in regards to having you know uh, Keanu Reeves's neo character is is a program within the matrix that is the next oracle or something perhaps who fucking knows what they're going to do the, the 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 first matrix when it came out blew everyone's minds like that is one of those movies that is it's sort of like fight club and stuff like that but the you know, the the premise of it is just it, it, how someone thought of that. It could very well be- I, I would love to see a Morpheus prequel, like how Morpheus got out in his first couple of years or missions or something, but I don't think they'll be using that actor for a young Morpheus. It could very well just be like the the new recruits that they pull out of the Matrix, but why would they care about pulling people out of the Matrix?
0: I, I I do think that he is cast as the young Morpheus. You know, given the news that we got last week, I was looking at a picture of him, and I think with the bald head and just some sunglasses clipped on the nose, yeah, I'd go with it. I'd be like, all right, yeah. yeah I mean, because let's face it, I, Lawrence Fishburne. Have you seen him lately? I cannot see him wire fooing his way through a fourth installment of the Matrix. I think, oh no! I think they would have to use every rig and pulley that Hollywood could muster up to, to, to get <laughs> a, him. A wire pulling team is ready. <laughs> Let <laughs> 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 next news story. <laughs> this is our final news story duty I've never been a big fan of this series I know my brother was a big fan of the toys back in the day but the Masters of the Universe film uh, the reboot that that was in discussion about a year ago that me and Jay reported on it may be coming to Netflix now this is a Sony Pictures film uh, and it, it looks like that they are Sony is now shopping Masters of the Universe to Netflix now interesting enough to tie it into our Kevin Smith thing Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin who do who, who do the Fat Man on Batman podcast? Um, Batman Beyond know, now. Fat Man Beyond, yes. Uh, they they do that podcast. They are actually doing a television show on Netflix, a, a, an animated series that is the Masters of the Universe. So obviously the relationship between between Sony, who owns the property of He Man, already exists with Netflix, and they were going to be making this film. But I think giving you know the the current marketplace that we have, I don't think people are all that interested in seeing a he-man film i I really don't
1: i I think with with there are certain properties you can and you can't make live action adaptations of like sort of sticking with the era of he-man transformers you could like transformers say what you will about the films because michael bay can't write a story to save his fucking life but um the the idea of you know transformers and sort of hiding in disguise around normal life great premise you can do it Fine, but having essentially a character who has a blonde sort of bowl cut of a hair, he's in leather undies, he's got furry boots. You'll either you'll make an interpretation of the character on screen that will look nothing like the character of He Man that will piss off the hardcore fans, and yeah, then you go, Dolph "Oh, we're just too
0: old, you know. You can't, you can't, you can't get <laughs> Dolph back,
1: you know." <laughs> oh, no, and um, yeah, if you change He Man too much, they're like, "Whoa, we're changing He Man. Let's make Skeletor." you know let's let's change skeletal let's rather than making him a, a a skeletal man let's make him a half horse centaur man where he's got <laughs> wings and he can fly around because that's what the kids think are cool there was there are some properties you literally cannot adaptate into a live action film and i mm-hmm. think He man is one of those
0: right and i i think i think you know the people who are interested in this film you know grew up playing with the toys you know grew up watching the he man animated series in the 80s and possibly yeah. grew up liking the Canon Films Masters of the Universe. I do like the Canon Films Masters of the Universe. I don't think it's a great film. I understand that it's garbage. I understand that it's crap, that it's trash. And it's the cheese factor about it that makes me like it. So if you try to do a, a real take on it now, I'm I'm going to laugh at your real take, but I'm not going to, I'm going to be laughing at it. I'm not going to be laughing with it. You know what I mean? So like I think Netflix is a nice place for it to go because the people who want to check that out going to check it out the people who don't want to check it out are just going to scroll past it I, I think I'm, I'm going to face the music here or at least Netflix should face the music I'm probably going to ignore much of their news and what's coming out come November 12th when Disney Plus launches because I'm going to be oh, getting yeah. like I'm going to be getting a whole slew of new Star Wars cartoons Marvel cartoons Marvel live action shows Star Wars live action shows yeah just, just you know I I'll get to the I'll get to the He-Man shit when I get to the He-Man shit
1: <laughs> <laughs> when well, I've watched Mandalorian four times and picked all the references then i'll watch hey man (laughs) yes
0: absolutely so that's gonna do it for our news this week Duty, let's head over because you and i got two five minute ish reviews that we got to do you got one for double will smith in gemini man and i have one for breaking bad's el camino (laughs) all right so let's get into some brief five minute ish reviews uh so coming out what came out this week here in the states duty has actually gotten uh, an early showing of it because apparently studios are far kinder in australia to their podcasters than they are here and no premieres are happening in philadelphia so you actually got to go to the premiere for gemini man so what did you think of it man uh just spoiler free you know brief five minute uh segment like what what did you think of gemini man tell me something why is it so hard for you to kill this man? I am just an icon living... He knew every move of mine before I made it. I call Who is he?
1: I think I know why he's as good as you. He is you.
0: 25 years ago, they made you from me. You made a person out of another person. Then you sent me to kill him.
1: He knows what we created. He has to die.
0: And of all the people in the world to come after me, why would he send you? You had your time. It's my time now. Yeah, so
1: so of course, yeah. spoiler free, Gemini Man is essentially uh, sort of a more, it's an action movie, but it's a more safer-esque version of John Wick. Now, no, it's not John Wick in regards to he's an assassin, you know, something happens to a puppy and, you know, he he goes after it. But Will Smith's character is essentially a hitman assassin. He's like one of the greatest snipers in the world. Um, And at the start of the film, you see him- Oh, he's never played that. Oh, no, no, never. (laughs) Um, And um, at the start of the film, you see him sort of take out one of his his contracts and you see the level of skill that his character has in the film. Now, did he creepily um,
0: smell his gun afterwards like he did in Suicide Squad?
1: (laughs) No, but he licks his finger to pull the trigger, which I found was weird. Yeah that so, like, is weird. He's, he's got a scope and he licks his finger I'm like okay he's going to check for air and then he puts his finger around the trigger yeah. I'm like what the fuck are you doing
0: Or like <laughs> uh, I have seen I've seen people if they don't have a scope they'll they'll wet the tip of the barrel so that it yeah. can pick up the light and and give you like a focus point of the light and stuff like that I've never seen anyone like lick their fingers at so that their finger slides off of the trigger in any way I don't know what that I don't know what that adds <laughs> to 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 the kill. Yeah, it's
1: it's it was. I found that weird.
0: Um, essentially,
1: um, it, it, it's his it's his last uh, is his last contract. He's gonna retire. He's had enough. Um, essentially, him being a sniper, he's seen some pretty fucked up shit. And um, he learns of something that he shouldn't have learned. That essentially, uh, the contract he just took out has a has a connection to to some some bigger sort of going on within the um, the U.S. government, if you will. And uh, essentially, the U.S. government find out that uh, Will Smith's character of Henry Brogan, which I kept calling him Henry Bogan, knows essentially some very classified information that he shouldn't know. And the government is so scared that Will Smith is going to come after them. They send an assassin after him, and it turns out that it is a clone of Will Smith. Um, so the so, entire
0: U.S. government, the enti- like with all the resources at their disposal, are afraid of one man.
1: Yeah, they they essentially tried to make him a little bit like a John Wick, like oh oh you don't know when he wants something he'll get something. Bubba like, Yudka. Okay, cool. You, <laughs> yeah, you, you're setting him up like John Wick. Some of the action scenes are fucking awesome. they they're a lot. They're more toned down than a John Wick film He's not killing someone with a fucking book or a pencil But it's one of the it's it's got action scenes where you're going fuck that was that was
0: pretty cool. Well, it's Um, Ang Lee and he is the guy that kind of like brought wire foo and to to America and stuff like that. Like he brought that type of of action to 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 the states. So
1: yeah, yeah. So the 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 whole film sort of premise is uh, Will Smith is being chased by the clone version of himself, um, who is of course he's he's younger, he's faster, he's a he's a little bit more disciplined and stuff like that because would you say he's a little
0: bit more jazzy huh (laughs) (laughs) is he a little little bit more fresh Oh, he's more
1: fresh. Yeah, I will say he's more fresh. You see the inside of his room and it is literally the inside of his room for Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like there's like motorcycle walk- posters and there's fucking Lego. And I'm like, the dude's supposed to be 24. Yeah, look, I have a room like that now. But um, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting film. Uh, it's got, of course, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who's really, really good in it. I actually quite enjoyed her, who's going to be in Birds of Prey. And- She's the character I'm
0: I- most looking forward to in Birds of Prey because I love the Huntress character. So, And they haven't done a great uh, live action adaptation of her. Given what they've done with her in the Arrowverse and stuff like that, so I'm looking forward yeah, to Mary exactly. Elizabeth Winstead. I like, I like the Huntress. I, I, I like the idea of her. So, and I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. So, honestly, like Will Smith probably wouldn't get me to the theater to see this movie, but Mary Elizabeth Winstead might, especially if I picture her as Ramona Flowers while I'm watching it. <laughs> but um, essentially, uh, of course, having two Will Smiths on the screen, the what uh, they did
1: for the film <clears throat> was they use the the Civil War de-aging technology as well as CG rendering a full copy of uh, of Will Smith. Now, this works both as a negative and a positive for the film because when it is just the young version of Will Smith on screen, they're just using the the technology that we sort of saw in uh, in Captain Marvel and we've seen in a lot of the Marvel films where they just de-age the actor. Will Smith is just wearing the clothes of the younger version of himself and they just de-age him. So, that worked. Um, but when there is <clears throat> the the original sort of the real will smith um and the the clone they Sud- actually
0: suddenly you're noticing the uncanny valley inside of of the younger will smith
1: it's it's one of those memes you see that the longer it looks the worse it gets right and you realize I'm like okay cool he when you first sort of see him and they've got some really really cool action scenes. It is like a high res cinematic cutscene from a video game. Like it, you can tell it's CG, but it looks really good. Right. It's um, like when you and, and I saw
0: Grand Moff Tarkin for the first time. We're like, oh, that's 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 Grand Moff Tarkin. I Grant, I think comparing comparing <laughs> it the looks, two looks a lot like him. But comparing yeah. the two, Grand Moff
1: Tarkin is is uh, uh, Xbox slash PlayStation Four slash high end PC graphics. Yeah, and he Will looks Smith a- is PlayStation Two. To me, like Grandma
0: Tarkin in Rogue One looked like Dobby the Elf a little bit. Like, when, when, when you focus in on the mouth and the nose, and I was like, oh, Dobby has friends. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah,
1: look, yeah, uh, Will Smith's sort of clone looks completely different to, to Tarkin. Tarkin looks outstanding compared to it. But it, it was sort of, as the film progresses, of course, there's more action scenes. The action scenes are pretty fucking cool. Um, there's one of them where, before Will Smith knows that he's being chased by his clone, he can see him in a, in sort of a mirror, and he goes, you know, if you keep following me, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to kill you.
0: And he how ha- how long is it into the film before they obviously team up? Uh, it's actually <laughs> probably and yeah, I don't think that's spoilers. I think I think if you have a protagonist yeah, it's, playing it's, two roles, you 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 know they're going to team up. Do they have a Martha was my mother's name. <laughs> Why did you say that name? <laughs> I'm playing you gotta gotta memories, you West, idiot. You got to go back to West Philadelphia. West Philadelphia. Were you born and raised there? Fucking yeah, I was. Uh, so was I. It's like you know <laughs> shit. Where are you really at? Like, I started messing around with a couple of guys that were up to no good, started making trouble in my neighborhood, and it's like me too. <laughs> Fuck that would have been the best scene For this film if he's about to kill him And he starts singing the Fresh Prince The end credit scene is him arriving in in Bel Air And Uncle Phil (laughs) He's Uncle Phil (laughs) (laughs) Old Will Smith is Uncle Phil and suddenly it was triplets. <laughs> it was it was it was, uh, it, was a, it was it was triple line man. I don't. I I wouldn't know what you would call three triple line, man. <laughs> I get Gemini man. Yeah, the uh, the whole zodiac symbol and stuff like that. So all right. So I mean, obviously you were impressed with the action. Uh, so so action fans would definitely want to see it for, for for the slick action that's going on in it. But like you know how like how was the story? Like to me, like this film, just watching the marketing and stuff like that for it, I, I was just like, mm, eh. Definitely, this is a home video release for me, buddy. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna yeah. wait till it's on that streaming service. Um, look, to be honest, when I was watching it in the
1: cinema, I was actually quite enjoying it. Um, when I walked out of it, I was like, yeah, actually, you know what? I, I had a bit of fun with this. I, I can, I'm gonna recommend it. It's 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 fun. I I liked it, but then Not sort a whole of, it's lot out those- right now.
0: So if 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 anyone wants to yeah. go to the theaters to see it, if you're a person that has to go to the theaters once a week or or you're that type, if you're Jay and you're a, you're an AMC A list member, then Gemini Man's the movie you're seeing this week.
1: Yeah, it's 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 got a bit. Of fun. The story does, of course, it's, it's a story that was supposed to be done, I think, around the 80s or 90s. It was supposed to have fucking uh, Harrison Ford and shit like that attached to it. So, you can clearly tell they haven't really adapted the story that well because there's nothing in the film
0: besides minute, the cloning. That- you mean, I could have gotten Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford, and I could have gotten, get off my plane, Harrison Ford. You could have
1: gotten Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford, and Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford is what you could have gotten. Or you could have gotten Han Solo and Han Solo. Oh, God. God.
0: They wanted me to do this stupid movie where I was like fighting a younger version of myself, and uh, I looked at them and I just said, "Are you? Are you fucking kidding me? How are you gonna oh, make fuck. me look younger? I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got to finish this joint, and then I'm gonna go fly that plane. You come back when you, when you have a movie that's gonna have me." On a plane And that is how They came to him With Air Force One (laughs) (laughs) Now we're talking You want me to be The president And I'm on a plane I'm in (laughs) Jesus Jesus uh, still um, one of the greatest action stars of all time. Every time I see, oh, every time I yeah. see Harrison Ford in an interview, and I see the the, the craggy old man that he is, and he's mumbling and he's just like sighing, like you know, like like he's bored with everything in the entire world. And I go, like that man had a hand in raising me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, the film's got Benedict Wong in it as well, who's actually really, really good. He he's my a second bit favorite of a-
0: Benedict in Hollywood. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he, he's got a bit of a uh, sort of a comedic relief, but also he's a he's a character I found I was I was caring more for besides Will Smith. Like anytime he was on screen or there was a bit of danger that involved him, I'm like, make oh, sure he's all right. You didn't sympathize
0: with the guy who kills hundreds of people for a living? Yeah. Well.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> not really. Um, right, Tony, the villain you- in the film is pretty good as well, so uh oh, he's he's okay. But yeah, look, I had fun with it. Um, if I, I'd normally give things out of ten, um, so when I walked out of the film, I gave it a, a seven and a half. Um, but look, there are holes with it. I think just sit down and enjoy it.
0: Seven and a half—that is a solid beat by our by our grading scale. So all right, perfect, man. Uh, look, Gemini man, I'm not going to rush to the theaters to see it. However, you talking about the action does make me at least interested in it where like i probably would have given it a pass even on home video for a while uh, until i had literally nothing else to watch and uh, okay yeah i'll watch that but your your enjoyment of it at least with the action makes me you know want to check it out so uh i have a five minute ish review for el camino i have no idea where he is don't know where he's headed either north south west east mexico the moon i don't have a clue but yo even if I did, who wouldn't tell you? Because I've been watching the news same as everybody else. I seen that little cage of his they kept him in. I heard about what all they did to him to make sure he kept cooking. I'm so sorry. I don't know what to tell you. No way I'm helping you people put Jesse Pinkman back inside a cage. Now, Al Camino obviously is the follow-up film to Breaking Bad. And, uh, you know, I, I originally thought that this film was going to kind of like catch us up on where, where Jesse Pinkman's been since the end of the series. But, you know, it's not spoilers to let you know that this picks up minutes after the finale of Breaking Bad. And at Ooh. first I was like, I don't know how. All right. I mean, I, I'm not sure like what story you're trying to tell me because I thought like we were gonna like catch up with Jesse. I thought we were gonna be far removed from Breaking Bad, but it, it bringing it in that close to to Breaking Bad, you know, made me realize that like this is Walter White had his series finale, right? Like like the way Breaking Bad ended, that was the end of Walter White's story. But El Camino is very much just bookending the series with Jesse's story, and uh, it's something that I always felt like like I didn't get enough of when the series ended. You know, I remember asking myself like, "Well, what about Jesse?" And, you know, we knew that he had a this conversation with Mike and Mike talked about Alaska being the great last frontier of America and anyone can remake themselves there and stuff like he had that conversation with Mike in the series. So, you know, that's where we all assumed that Jesse was going. He was going off to Alaska. And we were not wrong to assume that, but what this story is is Jesse running from the police because he's a wanted man and, you know, finding his way to, to making the means to getting himself out of the situation that he's in while also reliving the traumas that have occurred to him throughout. And if you, if you're not like a huge fan of Breaking Bad or it's been a while since you have seen Breaking Bad. I you know, I I think it y- you need to go back and at least watch the last season of Breaking Bad again before watching this because you you really are thrust right back into the story. Now on Netflix they do a nice handy little catching you up on major story points before you watch it. It's about 2 minutes, but you might need a little bit more of a deeper dive to get back into the head of Jesse Pinkman before diving into this film because I I didn't go back and rewatch anything before this and it 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 felt like I was spinning my tires a little bit in the beginning. Even with the Netflix recap, I was still trying to like catch my bearings. Like, all right, so yeah, that's right. Yeah, that happened, and then this happened. And they're doing little things to remind you throughout the film. But every time they remind me of something that happened in the show previously, it's taking me a little bit out of Jesse's current story. And they use flashbacks to sometimes great effect. And other times, it just felt like they needed filler, and they were stalling it. And they were also just trying to add... Add in a cameo. I won't tell you who cameos in this at all, but it, because it'll be spoilers for some of the people that cameo in it. Some of the cameos yep. are fantastic. Some of the other ones are, you know, they leave you a, a little wanting. However, the this I got to say, I think this might be Aaron Paul's best performance ever. I mean, and, and and that that is taking into account everything that he did in Breaking Bad prior to this. Uh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Aaron Paul is absolutely phenomenal in this there is a confidence to him but there's also this 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 very much post-traumatic stress weakness to him and there's times where like you you wonder is he going to lose it and break down into a puddle of tears or is he going to snap and become like like a Heisenberg, and they, they they play with this duality throughout the film of of Jesse Pinkman staying true to who he is, and Jesse Pinkman becoming who he needs to be to get out of this situation. But if he goes too far, then he's going to turn into Walter. And that—that's the one thing you—you you can imagine, given the way they ended with him and Walter White, with Walter White betraying him and having him locked up and stuff like that. You know, it's—it's it's an interesting dynamic that they play with them. Uh, there's also some fantastic scenes where he is very close to being captured, and you know, your heart really goes into your throat a little bit with the tension that that Vince Gilligan built in those scenes. Uh, there's there's a lot of quiet moments in this film, and it's. Definitely definitely not the type of movie that a breaking bad virgin can just jump in on but if you if you took that ride before and you're willing to take the ride again just to see where Jesse's story ends you, you owe it to yourself to watch it as soon as possible if you haven't already i mean i would be giving this an a minus like it's it's an a minus film yes. it's worth y- your time if this if this cost money and this was in the theaters i would have paid money to go to the theaters to see it because aaron paul is absolutely phenomenal throughout the entire film and it makes me excited for seeing him more in Westworld in 2020 Westworld season 3.
1: Yeah, that's right. I did I did sort of see that he was coming into Westworld season 3 um from that trailer it looks like someone gets out of the world or some fucking thing. I don't know. I've never seen Westworld, but um it looks like this is sort of worked off as a nice satisfying conclusion. I don't want to necessarily ask things that spoil the spoil the film because I, I love Breaking Bad. I don't want to go uh, watch El Camino. Are there characters that, like, do we find out necessarily what happens to Walt Jr.? Or are there things like we can't get a hold of uh, of Saul Goodman? Or, or are there little things that sort of reference other characters I won't say in that the cause series?
0: Be, I won't say that because it'll be spoilers, but I will tell you that two of my favorite characters, Skinny Pete and Badger, are back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did see them in the trailer, Yeah.
0: And I love Badger and I love Skinny Pete. So, um, now, I, I, I think I, I I'll just say that this is more of a Jesse-centric story. So, yep. if some interaction he had with them in the past was significant to him now, he is reminiscing on it and a lot of the cameos are showing up through flashbacks.
1: Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to watching it. I did like um, I did like Breaking Bad. I found it took a couple of seasons to get into it, but as soon as I was I was hooked, it was fucking fantastic. Right. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens.
0: I really think think vince gilligan you know after better call saul is done now just took a look back and went you know there's one last thread i have to tie up before i say goodbye to breaking bad and and i think that this was the right call this was going back to this and telling the story given you know how it was given to me seeing who jesse's become and who he wants to be moving forward i i i really enjoyed the ride so um I I I I'm probably going to watch it again to be honest with you. Like I I would probably rewatch Breaking Bad. I'm due for a rewatch. I haven't seen it since my wife watched it. That was about 3 or 4 years ago. I think I'm due to rewatch the entire series and then end it again with with this movie right after the series ends and see how it sits in my mouth after that.
1: Yeah, that's actually a pretty good way of looking at it because I know that um they did that Deadwood movie as well and that just sort of did not sit in my mouth well
0: it. all right so that's it for our five minute ish reviews gemini man we're gonna be giving a b2 and then if you're a fan of breaking bad then el camino getting an a minus let's head over let's get into our top five because it is october after all it is the halloween season and we're going to be doing our top five for horror movies of the 2000s our top five we're gonna be doing a top five horror films of the two thousands that's gonna be the years from 2000 to 2009 now one of the things i know about duty uh given that i listen to his show he listens to my show and we we do a fair bit of talking on the side uh you have some different movie tastes than i have so um you know some of the films (laughs) that you really like i I, i'm not so hot on you know aquaman being one of them yeah i I know you loved it
1: Aquaman's a fucking great (laughs) film
0: (laughs) look I enjoyed what I got sir I enjoyed it so I'm not knocking the film I mean much like me and Jay's list these are going to be coming from two separate camps so I am very interested in hearing your top five and some of your honorable mentions so let's get started man
1: I think I've got more honorable mentions than I have top five so there you go
0: fair enough man all right what is your number five horror film of the 2000s My number five horror film,
1: um, I put it on my top five list because it introduced me to two iconic slasher horror characters, which, of course, is Freddy Krueger and and Jason Voorhees. Uh, So, it is 2003's Freddy and Jason. Welcome to my world, bitch. I should warn you, princess. The first time tends to get a little
0: messy. And before people get on your case, I always like to remind people, me and Jay, always want to remind people, these are our personal lists. We're not saying that these personal. are the best. These are just our personal top fives. So, all right, Freddy versus Jason, man, there is a lot of fun to be had in this film.
1: Yeah, it, it was the it was the first horror sort of film that I ever saw with these two characters. And from, from this film, it sort of made me go, okay, cool. Well, I like the idea of, they don't necessarily show it that much in the film, but I'm like, okay, cool. So, Freddy is someone who... ...isn't in the real world and he kills people in their dreams. So, that made me sort of go, okay, cool... And then start to take a look back into, into the Nightmare on Elm Street sort of series. Um, and then, of course, same thing with Jason. I'm like, okay, he's a walking behemoth. He wears a hockey mask. He's got a he's got a machete. He sort of can't be killed. But what makes him different to Michael Myers and all that sort of stuff? So, I found this sort of film introduced me to slasher films in regards to going, okay, cool. The film wasn't necessarily that great. Some of the kills were pretty cool. But let's go back and let's take a look at, you know, what is their, what makes them these iconic characters of, of slasher and popcorn.
0: So, putting you on the spot, what is your favorite Nightmare on Elm Street film? Which one? Which which is your favorite? Because I know mine. It's Dream Warriors. (laughs) <laughs> Look, that
1: one—that one is pretty fun. Um, I will say it's probably a toss-up between number one and number three. Uh, number okay. one, of course, introduced the character. Number three, of of course, sort of made him that comedic sort of yeah, funny abs- character. I will say the first, like it's an awful, awful. I cannot stand this anymore. Awful film, but the remake was the first movie I took my wife to when we were dating, oh. and um, and so that it's it's not a great film. I do like Jackie Earls portrayal of, of Freddy, I th- um, and it's it's one of those films. I'm like, yeah, it's not great, but it's also the first horror film Mon watched. Um, when, at the start of the film, when they turn into uh, uh, onto Elm Street, they go, oh, do they actually live on Elm Street? And I'm like, yeah. What do you think this movie's about? And then she realised that it's a horror slasher film, and yeah, uh, Freddy is yeah, he's 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 one of my favorite slasher character or horror characters
0: favorite scene in Freddy versus jason is when the two guys are leaving the like cornfield bonfire party and stuff like that and they come across <laughs> jason absolutely why don't you
1: find a pig to fuck <laughs> <laughs> he just cracks his neck like instantly without even sort of being, oh fuck
0: <laughs> more interesting than that though i think i would have preferred the sequel to to freddy versus jason with the proposed sequel which was freddy versus jason versus ash bringing in a character from a film and they series. made that into a comic book they, as well they did yeah boom studios i believe it was did that into a comic book or idw whichever one made yeah, that there a- was
1: also supposed to be at the um at the end of the credits of this film it was supposed to be freddy and jason trying to fight each other in hell and um uh, apparently they they sort of like teed everything up and they just didn't do it or whatever due to rights issues. But it's Yet, supposed to be just as they're about to clash with each other, hooks come out and they grab them and pull each other back. And it's Pinhead saying, like, what seems to be the problem here? And it stops.
0: Ah, uh, see, I would have preferred, like, Freddy, like, getting his hands on the Necrolomicon at some point. And uh, it, with the Necrolomicon, you can control demons, control the dead. So, therefore, he would actually be able to control Jason and have He does him already do sort of control bit. Jason, though, does, in the film yeah. at the start. Yeah. Psychologically, by going into his dreams and making him relive- uh, uh, his mother, <laughs> which jeez. Yeah. Uh, Alright, uh, my number five, man. This is one that comes from your neck of the woods, man. This is an Australian horror film, man. Uh, hey. Yeah, this is The Loved Ones, which came out in 2009. You've got to push harder. Two hands. leading into the body. it was directed by Sean Byron and he directed another film that I really liked that that I just recently saw last year called The Devil's Candy but you know The Loved Ones I absolutely love it's about a a girl she lives she lives I don't want to say like deep in the outback or anything like that but she lives on like the outskirts of town she goes to school she's like the quiet girl and she has a crush on this guy the guy agrees to take her to prom and everything like that and when he kind of disses her her and and her father turn out to be these very clandestine sadistic type people who then kidnap him bring him into their house and proceed to torture him for about an hour and a half and jesus yeah i absolutely love this movie man it it, it was it was both beautiful in in the simplicity of it but also in the score and in the way that they that they chose their shots a lot of like close in shots so a lot of times like you will see some viscera you will see some horror throughout the film but the majority of that stuff is regulated to the horror in the individual's face that is being tortured and there's something that is unnerving and unsettling about that but then there's also this level of the dep- cravity to it, where, you know, the father and daughter dynamic between the two psychos that that are in the film, it it borderline makes you uncomfortable, not only because of the lengths that they're willing to go to torture and and, and hurt somebody for for having wronged them in in their perceived way, but also in in just the nature of their relationship. (laughs) Like, Like, there is incest in it, and it makes you cringe, and anything that can make me, like, I am a pretty much seasoned horror vet, anything that makes me cringe cringe a little bit, ticks it up a little bit on my octaves and makes me immediately pay attention to it. And the loved ones, if you haven't seen it, I know it's not like everywhere. It's not one of these one of these type of horror films that is is, you know, constantly being mentioned in our lexicon and stuff like that. But I think. It deserves a place for people to definitely, especially horror fans, to check it out. And if you haven't, duty, I I, I don't know whether you'd like it. I can't say because we do have different tastes, but it's something that I truly enjoyed and want to impart on other people.
1: I might take a look at it if it's as good as you're saying it is. You've got, like, I think, like a 50-50 strikeout film recommendations at the moment. So, yeah.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, I I highly recommend it. All right, duty. what is your number four? Uh, Well, my next one is, of course,
1: uh, it started in the 2000s and, of course, we got sequels basically nearly every year for that one as well uh it is 2000's final destination
0: is there a problem sir what's your fucking problem alex what's you say gets get fucking plane get explode shut
1: up Brownie!
0: you're so not funny
1: this is your idea of joke it's not a joke
0: it's not a joke alex take it the spot of it oh shit It's going down we will remove you from this aircraft i will do it fuck you or remove myself i'm kicking out them and everybody
1: Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was. It's one of those films that it's sort of... It's, it's it's freaked so many people out in regards to... You know, you're driving on the freeway and you see one of those trucks carrying giant logs on it. And if you've seen a Final Destination film, you're immediately changing lanes and overtaking the fucker because there's no way in hell you want to be behind that thing. It's one of those... gets a little bit stupid and sort of too creative with some of its kills, which... As the series sort of goes on, like, okay, no one is going to fucking die that way. That is absolutely ridiculous. And sort of, you know, if you work in some some sort of the safety and risk fields, there's absolutely no way- sort of machinery and equipment work like that but i like the the aspect of you know a a person has cheated death because they got a premonition of their of how they're going to die so they uh, sort of escape the situation or leave the situation death feels cheated and death goes okay cool well look you were supposed to die okay i'm going to try and find a way to kill you but you actually can't kill yourself so as the as the sort of the series evolves you see people try to shoot themselves in the head or they see them try to hang themselves from the the ceiling and death goes nah you're not you're not going out on your terms. You're going out on my terms. yeah, um, I, and it gets really, really creative with um, how it kills some people.
0: I've always liked that aspect of the movie where just just the creativeness of the kills. and of course, like as the the just the the formula of sequels goes, they have to ramp it up. Every single time, I don't remember which final destination it was, but there's one with a gymnast and she's on like a balance beam and stuff like that. And I yeah, believe that's—I
1: uh, think that the most recent one, the final destination. Yeah,
0: I, it, you know, it, it just—I it, it, think it's just a fun level of like the way they had to like ramp this up. It's—it's it's a wonderful concept, and the first movie is—it's—it's a, it's a good bit of fun. But by the time you get to the sequels, you're only watching it just to see how. Exactly. they could go <laughs> like like uh, like i remember the one with the race cars like when when the race cars i sound like a little kid like with the race cars uh, <laughs> uh and the cars crash and like just i remember just seeing that woman get hit by like the spinning tire at 200 miles an hour and her whole body explodes i remember watching that and just going oh,
1: oh, oh god give me more the movies like as they sort of progress. The you know as they get to like the third and the fourth, I think the third ones actually got Mary Elizabeth Winsett as the main character in the film. Yes, they, yeah, yeah. They build up a heap of suspense and then like, oh no, they don't get killed there, and then like immediately, you know, five seconds later they get killed in a different fashion. You never saw coming.
0: Yeah, one of one of her early roles. I definitely, I I know recently I did fall down a Final Destination like little bit of a rabbit hole where I remembered seeing the first one and I remembered seeing the second one, but I hadn't seen much after that. And I think it was Netflix that had all of them streaming on it. At one point, so I was like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, this is a nice shut my brain off type of fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man, my number four is 2008's Martyrs. You lock someone in a room with no light,
1: soon they begin
0: to suffer. Then you feed that suffering slowly, methodically, systematically, coldly, for a long time. Martyrs are very rare, a true martyr is a special person. They are exceptional beings. They withstand paralyzing pain, young lady. They can survive total deprivation. They carry all the sins of the world. It's their sacrifice. This is one of those like I can't remember whether it's French or French Canadian horror film um, but it, it is you know for me it is subtitled but this was an absolutely fantastic watch so like a, a girl who who was abused throughout her childhood and stuff like that she finds another person who is much like her and they exact their revenge on a family in a extremely brutalistic and nihilistic type of way and it is extremely and I got to tell you, extremely graphic. But what it does is it also makes you feel for this main character. Like, while you may be shocked by their actions, the emotions in the film, like the amount of emotion that this film makes you feel for the for you know for the tortured for 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 the people that are exacting their revenge for these two girls is it it, it almost has no right being in a horror film and in 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 my mind like this is not the type of horror film you just pop on because it's halloween and you want a little bit of like you know bloodlust or you just want a little bit of like gore and stuff like that it's an extremely heavy film and it is something that i gotta say like for extreme horror fans it's just right up your alley if you know this level of torture and this level of gratuity and violence is not your type of thing then you should avoid this film like the plague but you know it has a great story that just it, you know it's telling about humanity and how violence affects us and the the way that they are you know when you've been abused or you've been you've been beaten and tortured you know how violence affects both the character in the film and how you as the audience are feeling about violence watching it so uh is it is it more of a horror film or is it more of a of a gonography film i i would say less horror yeah the uh, less okay yeah that definitely less horror the the, the gore aspect of of it is only meant to elicit an emotional response from you it's i want to say like i can't recommend it enough but it's one of those films that like i would only recommend to certain people <laughs> so to certain people that are that
1: are angry that want to get revenge on people without actually doing anything about (laughs) it maybe
0: maybe not those people i want to inspire them but uh what's that you hate your boss watch this like but but like this is the type of film that like i would recommend to jay who is who's into like a deeper character study in something you know where like yeah you know he, he really wants to get into the mind of the person who's performing these these acts and and get into the reason and stuff like that so it, it very much is like a character study in that way all right duty man what is your number three
1: uh, my number three is uh, it's it's a film that sort of reinvented a, a iconic horror sort of aspects genre of film and and sort of I actually had a, a as a as a kid an actual massive phobia of them um, and it's 28 days later man walks into a bar with a giraffe They just get pissed the giraffe falls over the man goes to leave and barman says, Oi,
0: you can't leave that lion there. He says, no, it's not a lion. It's a giraffe.
1: He's completely humorous.
0: Alright my friend uh, I'm going to stay yeah. you- while you talk about 28 Days Later my friend
1: <laughs> It's essentially like a. it's yeah it's a, a sort of a zombie-esque outbreak film they're not technically zombies they're not like shambling around and stuff they're actually the, the complete opposite they are full ball sprinting at you um, and yeah. if it's, instead of them biting you if, if one drop of their blood somehow gets within your system you, you'll basically instantly turn into sort of these crazed zombie-esque like characters yeah, rather I than always- them
0: having to buy I always saw it as like a infection film right like um, yeah Like in the same way that, that contagion or something would be like an infection film, you know, like your, your, your fear is, is not so much of, of, of the creatures themselves, but of the infectious nature of them and stuff like that. Um, also they're not dead. They don't consume. So therefore they're not, they're not zombies in in the classical sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the big thing about it is, yeah, they're, they're full on sprinting at you and they don't get tired which sort of for me when i was a kid i i would i, I would sort of have a setting on my tv as a kid to to sort of remotely turn off after you know half an hour or whatever so i'd put it on like a news channel so like anytime they'd be like zombie outbreak i was awake <laughs> i was freaked out as a kid <laughs> as zombies so like every night i'd just i'd put the news on and I'd, I'd set it to like turn off in an hour and then fall asleep watching the news um but it was one of those films that, like, shit, if there are, like, sprinting zombies, even if you look at things like um, like Zombieland and stuff like that, where they're even moderately running zombies, I'm like, I actually might be fucked.
0: Two years later, there was the the Snyder remake of Dawn of the Dead, and I remember watching it with my friend Kenny, and, I, and me and him were watching it, and he's like... So how would you survive a zombie apocalypse? And I was like, well, wait, we both had the same rule. Like, are they fast moving or slow moving? And if the answer was fast moving, it goes, oh, big wide open field. And I'm just sitting there until my time comes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just sitting in the middle
0: of a football field going, "Ah, I'm waiting. I've got a barbecue going. The smell of bacon is just going to get them. (laughs) Just waiting because I am not surviving the end of this. Uh, But they're slow moving. I I, I got plans. (laughs) I 100% agree with that. If it was
1: sprinting zombies, we're fucked. Absolutely, uh, yeah. That.
0: I I could see like 28 days later causing like a little bit of a phobia. Now, did your phobia existed before 28 days later, or 28 days 28 days later was the catalyst for your phobia? Uh, before,
1: there wow. was a, There's a uh, film in my honorable mentions that that caused it, and it it fucking ruined me.
0: All right, my number three is another type of infection film, you could say, or a zombie type film. It is Record. Oh, no! I believe Spanish film. I don't. I don't quite remember, but I remember being affected by this. They they did make a a U.S. remake of it that was called uh, Quarantine. A couple years after this uh, came out with uh, Jennifer Carpenter. Yeah, uh, the, yep. she, she played the sister in Dexter, you know, uh, yep, but Yeah, I
1: watched Quarantine a couple of weeks back for the first time. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so Record is actually the original version of it. And it is all subtitled. And I gotta tell you, I mean, I, I just, it seems like every, everyone from every other country but America does horror better than we do. <laughs> Just a hundred percent. Everyone else does. Mm, I don't know
1: about that. You you guys have got some iconic ones, and you just had it as well.
0: That's true, but 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 I think like getting getting into like the nitty gritty of it, getting into getting into the detail of it, has to go to like the international crowd. But this is this is a movie that where like people are locked within an apartment complex. It gets quarantined off. They 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 are left to survive with the firemen who came in there to rescue them. And in this film, they call it super rabies pretty much. But in later installments of the film, there's a priest involved where they kind of find out that this is more of like a legion type thing. You know, like uh, Jesus saw all the possessed pigs and all the possessed pigs looked at Jesus and they said, we are legion where this is all people being possessed by one entity one demon right yeah so so that is in record that you start finding that out in record two then you get to record three and record four which are absolutely just bombastically ridiculous films that are just super fun to watch they 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 have no deeper meaning than what is on the surface just one person surviving in a found footage setting against zombies Uh, I believe one is at a wedding and one is on a cruise ship in three and four. But in, in one. They are just in this apartment complex, and the way it builds builds tension. the The film is practically almost shot in in, in uh, handheld cameras, but then they they do the night vision, which really creeps you out. Uh, you know, they, they used it to great effect. And the end of this film, while some people think that it's kind of a letdown, to me, it is an absolute build up of suspense throughout the entire film. That at the end. It, it, while it may seem quiet, the, the suspense that they build in that final scene, just by the time the film ends, it's just a release. You're just like, oh, God, thank God it's over. Like, you know, you feel like you're with those characters hiding in these corners. And it's also brutal <laughs> at is the it, is same it the time. same
1: sort of ending? As, I assume it's exactly like a carbon copy of Quarantine very, as it, well then.
0: Quarantine very much cloned this film. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say if you've seen Quarantine, you've seen this film, at least story wise, but you're, you're missing all the nuance that record delivered back in the day. So, so, uh, if you've seen that that
1: originality and stuff like that. But I also
0: encourage you to like to watch record, record two, record three, record four, because, you know, the the second one adds a different layer to it. And the third and fourth one take it into this. I, you know, I would say like this, this level of fun that you wouldn't expect from the series that you would expect it 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 is so much fun and and the amount of ridiculousness in it 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 is just a shut your brain off type fun for three and four so um i love i love those ones too i love this entire series so uh i can't recommend it enough all right duty man we're up to your number two what do you got for that man
1: my number two is uh, some people love this film some people hate this film but of course as, as we said oh as you said at the start it's a personal list i've got 2007's the mist
0: the Mist. in The Mist. Something in the mist. Took John Lee. All right, man. One of my favorite Stephen King adaptations ever and I love Frank Darabont.
1: Yeah, Frank Darabont and of course, a lot of the um a lot of the actors and of course Frank Darabont transferred this over to The Walking Dead. So, we got a couple of the actors from The Mist coming into The Walking Dead. Uh, we got uh, Sam Witwer in it as well. I think it was actually his first one of his first film roles uh in in The Mist. Um, of course, the premise of the 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 film is Thomas Jane and his son go to a go to a supermarket just to pick up some stuff. I think they're having like a barbecue or, or birthday or something on it the that particular weekend. Um, as they get to the uh, to the supermarket, and they realize as they go outside, the entire town is covered in mist, um, and that anyone who goes into the mist essentially creatures are, are living within this mist that come out and kill people and. Or, Eat people or, or however, and um, they're trapped in the supermarket. And uh, of course, there are different characters throughout the supermarket. Um, there Isn't are, someone uh- gonna
0: walk a lady home? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's there's so many different things that sort of come into it. There's millet. There's some military uh sort of personnel that are in there. That of course that's where we get Sam Whitwell, We get uh, Andre Brower, who is Raymond Holt from Brooklyn Nine Nine. He's in this. Um, there's there's a lot of really cool characters. And then of course it's sort of the the not iconic but the generic sort of uh, you know elderly woman who thinks this is something to do with God and uh, God is punishing us and we need to sacrifice people in order to please him and stuff like
0: that we want the, ending the, of the boy oh god. <laughs> like that scene oh my god expiation the- Expiation. I'm like, oh fuck! Just stop chanting that word. I don't even know what it meant. I had to look it up after the film, and I was like, oh, that means sacrifice. Oh god, that's fucking creepy.
1: <laughs> and uh, the the end of the film is just. I'm I'm not going to ruin the end of the film, but it emotionally broke me. Uh, oh, I, we
0: we ruined it uh, before on the show, so people can go back. I believe we did it on like our most shocking endings uh, list yeah. that we did. Uh, it certainly has a shocking ending that took it to a level that that even goes beyond Stephen King's novella and this is one of the few films uh, Stephen King notoriously uh, it was a joke in it chapter two you know I like the whole thing except for the ending you know <laughs> like that's that, yeah. that's always been everyone's critique on Stephen King is that he he can't end anything and the ending of the novella is that they drove off into the mist and it just ends but the ending of this film Stephen King even gave it his signature of approval and was just like that was better than any end that I could have came up with. It's it's
1: outstanding.
0: All right, Diddy, my number two. It is an all female cast for this one. Yeah, a, a group of women go spelunking into an uncharted cave. Uh, ha, ha, yeah, yeah. Paul from the Countdown Pod. Yeah, I, I feel yep. like he's he's giving me uh, a, a, a he's, nodding, pat, he's smiling a little pat on the back. It is the Descent, man. There's only one way out of this chamber, and that's down the pipe. Saw someone back so there. what? I don't think I saw someone. I saw someone. No, you
1: heard something, and you saw what you wanted to see. It's the dark. It plays tricks. Fucking I got a great movie.
0: I got to give it to this movie because this movie wouldn't be as great as it is without the the setup for the interpersonal relationship between the women at the beginning of the film. Yep. You know, the, the the turmoil, the inner turmoil that's going on between them, um, and, and that gets flushed out throughout the film, uh, but also just what effective creatures, right? And and really effective gore, and the film did such a fantastic job of both making you fear the creatures, but also fear the environment, which reminds me a lot of, you know, something like uh, Alien, where like, it's claustrophobic, you're stuck, you're, you're in this place, and you can't get out. And it, it it's it's corridors and it's close and everything is claustrophobic and on top of that you're dealing with these these creatures on top of it and yeah. you know it's by the time you get to to the I I mean the puddle of blood really like like the blood pond like at the end of of the movie where it it, it takes a turn to like this absolute visceral horror film that i i truly respect it for for what it did for the visual aspect of it but i also really respect it for the interpersonal relationships and the way they made me feel for the main character uh i've watched the descent two only once and decided i'll never go back because yeah it tarnished the original one so much. I, I know it's a film. It's one of Jay's favorite horror movies. Uh It's definitely one of my favorite horror movies be on this list. I know it's one of Paul's from the Countdown Pod's favorite horror movies. It's so, on my
1: own of mentions, yeah.
0: So, if you haven't seen it, obviously, you've got four people who highly recommend it. You got to see The Descent.
1: It's one of those films that start conversation as well because they're uh, canceling out the second one because- I'm not even going to watch it or acknowledge the second one, but yeah, it's one of those films that you you go you, you're asking those questions like did it even happen like the, it's it's one of those open ending start of a con- like conversation around a room having a couple of beers talking about it it's one of those cool sort of films um, I even think this film came up when. Um, Shit, this would have been like two years ago, back when back when Shake and Not Nerd was was in Podfix and we were all chatting about must watch movies. I think uh, it was like yourself, it was movie, um, it was uh, movie geek Justin Winters, it was Paul from the Countdown. They all recommended The Descent, and that day I went to sort of our local uh, or Australian retailer for Blu-rays, and I picked out all of these movies that all of you guys had recommended. And they've all been fucking outstanding.
0: I, I can't recommend it enough. And people are like, well, what makes it so good? And it's like, I, I can give you the, the brief paragraph synopsis that I just gave everybody, but it's like, you just gotta see it. All right, dudey. Uh, we're, before we get into our number ones here, before we, before we, before we end the show, uh, yep. what? Is your honorable mentions? You told me before before recording you have quite a few, so uh, I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you run through them just briefly.
1: Yep. Um, of course. So I've got The Descent, uh, which is your number two. I've got 2000's American Psycho, not necessarily a horror film. It's more of a, a psychological sort of thriller. Um, so I didn't necessarily put it into the main list, but I thought it should at least get a mention. Um, we've got 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is one of the first as well films that after I saw Freddy vs Jason, I went you know online and chatting to friends. I'm like, well, what are some other the iconic ones and but someone Leatherface, so yeah. But
0: you've seen the 1974 version, right? No, I haven't. I've only oh, seen. Yeah. Dude, if it's uh, been a while since you've seen the remake, go back and watch the 74 version. Um, I've also got 2004's another Australian film,
1: Saw. Not really a horror film, more of a gornography sort of psychological thriller. Of course, honourable mentions. I've got uh, Cabin Fever, which is Eli Roth's film. Uh, they remade that and that remake was a giant pile of shit. Yeah. Uh, and the last honourable mention I've got is the actual film that gave me that phobia and first introduction of-, of- horror zombies rather than just seeing them as you know in the Simpsons as you know green skinned and a bit funny and stuff like that is 2002's Resident Evil
0: those are my honorable mentions alright man Uh, my honorable mentions Uh, one that was on your list The Mist truly love it we talked about it already Uh, Saw an early outing for for both James Wan and Lee Wanell, and Lee Wanell went on to to make one of my favorite films of 2018 Upgrade and obviously James Wan we all know now now in our lexicon as a, one of our great modern directors for uh, for big blockbuster action films. Uh, and then uh, a Swedish film, Let the Right One In. I know me and Jay have talked about that before. I've Be- seen that pop up on my Netflix,
1: but I haven't actually seen it. Yeah, so, I give that so one So there's a two
0: of them. There's Let the Right One In, and then there's the 2010 US remake, which is Let Me In. That one's okay, but I, I really got to stress that you see the Swiss version of it, because it takes something that we're all familiar with vampires and it adds a a little bit of a melodramatic twist to it but it also like it, it's very much of a coming of age story and right. it's kind of wrapped in this in this strange story about a vampire girl that uh and then finally uh House of the Devil which was a film that came out I believe it was in 2009 it, it, it sees a girl as a babysitter who kind of babysits and finds out that there's more to the people that she is babysitting for than what they seem. And she fits into their plans and it's streaming on, Netflix, on uh, Amazon prime right now. If you haven't seen that film, I, I can't recommend it enough. As far as horror films go, house of the devil is you know, if this was a top ten list, it would one hundred percent make my top ten list. All right, duty, we're here. We're at your number one. What is your number one horror film, two thousand to two thousand and nine?
1: Look, I'm probably going to get a bit of a bit of slack, or, or you're going to get a bit of a kickback, or there's going to be so many comments listed in the in the in the posts on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. Um, of course, two thousand two, Resident Evil was the film that uh, shook me to my very soul of of zombies, and and this film sort of went. Actually, you know what? It's pretty funny. It is a horror film, but it's more of a comedy and a little bit of a bromance as well. That's 2004, Shaun of the Dead. Any zombies out there? Don't say that. What? That. What? That. The dead word. Don't say it. Why not? Because it's ridiculous. (sighs) All right. Are there any out there, though? Can't say any. Maybe it's not as bad as all that. Oh, no, there they are.
0: This, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. See, I actually kept this off my list because, in my mind, that is a parody and a comedy while very much paying homage to the horror that built it up, which is why it wasn't on my list. But no, it was. I don't- it was it- I don't think you're going to get any shit for this at all. It, it it's bones are made from the horror films that came before it.
1: Yeah, I remember watching it when I was a kid because like anytime I saw I like I didn't watch Dawn of the Dead I don't think until like maybe 2 or 3 years ago cuz it just sort of escaped my radar and when it was released I was just like nah, zombie film, not watching it. And I think it was on like, a, it was on TV or something like that. And I'd do this thing where I'd watch it for a couple of minutes. And if it was too scary, I'd change the channel real quick and watch fucking Simpsons or Batman, the animated series or something like that. So, then I was getting a, like, it's too scary. I'm not watching it. And I remember Shaun of the Dead, just as it was about to get, you know, too scary, it'd be funny or or, or something would happen that'd be, be a bit of a laugh and stuff like that. So, it was one of those films that it's, it's got that horror aspect for me, especially with- you know, we get we get people being literally eaten alive, pulled apart, and their intestines being pulled out, and which you know, was
0: David's death scene was an homage to uh, George A. Romero's Day of the Dead.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's got it's got a lot of the it's got some pretty cool horror aspects to it. I, I sort of love the 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 start of the film introduces him walking down to the shop, and then you know the next day he does it after the zombie outbreak. Right, and we just see you know there there there's a guy going for his run, and he's sprinting, and he's covered in blood. And well, well, he, he
0: passes the kid who ba- who who kicks the soccer ball and it's hey you're dead <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you see the soccer ball hit him in the face and it's the zombie kid. And I'm like, it, it's still got that little bit of horror aspect to it. I kind of like, um, especially when they're at the, you know, at the end of the film when they're at the pub at nighttime and, you know, he's checking the lights and he lifts up the little curtain and he sees like a, a door of zombies behind them and he just shuts the curtain and closes the door and goes, well, <laughs> and just leaves the room.
0: So, well, it's got a little bit of that horror to it that I kind of like. Dude, in the greatest compliment I can give anybody, if there was a zombie outbreak and I can keep the one dead version of a friend in my shed who I could pop in and play video games with it'd be you buddy (laughs) (laughs) and even then I'd still kick the shit out of you when it comes to music (laughs) myself. ooh you're making me live now honey
1: (laughs) oh the soundtrack (laughs) The soundtrack is fucking great. And the first time they see a zombie as well, like, you watch it in Resident Evil, they see a zombie, they're, they're not responding, and then all hell breaks loose, and it's it's a bit horry. But when they see it in Shaun of the Dead, like, they think she's drunk, and then they push her over a fucking an umbrella stand, oh, Christ, and she gets a hold of- <laughs> yeah, it's one of those films. Um, and just even when they're throwing fucking records and stuff at them, trying to like hit them in the head and they're throwing fucking mug trees and all that sort of stuff. It's no, 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 that's the
0: second album I ever bought. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a great film. It is, of course, more of a comedy than a horror. I 100% get that. But this is, this is the film for me that sort of like Freddy vs. Jason was in regards to Introducing me to horror slasher films. This was the film that introduced that you can have a horror film, but you can also introduce really good comedy aspects, or even have that bit of a spoof, like Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, Fuck, that's I love a great that movie. It's so that's good. That's a great film, and, and that's sort of fun. like, an that's sort of like a, uh, a a sort of Americanized. It's not zombies, but it's it's a little bit like Cabin in the Woods. It's that yeah, funny, it's, you know, we're, horror we're- sort of style.
0: Where that's paying a lot of homage to a lot of like the zombie films that came before Shaun of the Dead. Tucker and Dale versus Evil is paying a lot of homage to to American horror films, slasher films that came before it, and playing yeah. on 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 the tropes that were in there and using it to comedic effect. That's exactly what Shaun of the Dead did. Obviously, one of one of my. Favorite films, uh, you know, of modern history. Uh, we even did a, for you. Actually, you were the one that that inspired us to do the, th- <laughs> the three cocktails for uh, for the world's end. Uh, and Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, we did that triple cocktail for it. So, uh, yeah, that's one of the that's one of those episodes I, I encourage everyone to go back and listen to and make those cocktails for. And my number one is one that was on your list, another British zombie film. Some would say, but it's uh, Danny Boyle's Twenty Eight Days Later.
1: Hello. Water. Oh, okay? oh shouldn't
0: have done that. should hey. hey. So, like, I. I As far as like films go, like there's very few, very few movies that like I've seen where it's like there's a story about how I've seen that movie, right? Like, like there, like, so Shaun of the Dead, the story is like, I just got paid. I had money burning in my pocket. and Me and my friend Kenny could not score booze that night. We had nothing else to do. It was 2004, so we went to Walmart. I drove us there, and I was like, let's just pick out a movie. And we were going to buy like an old classic that we hadn't seen in a while that I didn't own yet. But we saw this movie, Shaun of the Dead, and we picked it up, and we took it back to my house, and we watched it twice in a row. <laughs> While sneaking now liquor, while sneaking that's, that's, liquor from my desk That's a dad's story cabinet. you don't necessarily
1: get now, because yeah, not to sound fucking old, but back in my back in our day, you'd go yeah. to Walmart, you'd go to Kmart, you'd buy a random movie you saw on a shelf, and that was it. Like, and if it sucked, it's, I you stuck them. with it forever. <laughs> Exactly. And now it's like, oh, I watched it on Netflix or I watched it on Amazon Prime. Like, no one's buying. Right. No one's your, going to have those your stories Your discovery anymore. story
0: suddenly becomes, becomes you know, n- not so good. But I remember, like, the way we watched it, because we couldn't score booze, we watched it at my house, I- in my room, but we were sneaking down to my dad's liquor cabinet and, like, trying to find, like, small, like, little bottles of things that no one would notice missing. Airplane or bottles. Like, yeah, pour a little bit here and there, go up and watch. and we watched it twice in a row. And by the end of that, we were quoting it. So, uh, for me 28 days later is very much like a similar story uh yep. me same 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 friend kenny like we we went to the theater we didn't know what the fuck to see 28 days later was there i remember you know we didn't have the internet to look at it so i remember going up to the counter and being like 20 days later what's that and the guy's like uh like british zombie movie and we're like zombies all right we're in <laughs> so two tickets please <laughs> <laughs> so we go in we watch it and fuck I was blown away little did I know that like a few years later I was going to read The Walking Dead which was going to start off exactly like this uh, but uh, yeah I absolutely love this film I absolutely love the cinematography in it I think that's like my favorite part is just the tone and and the way the film looks that 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 sets up the whole rest of this movie I absolutely love the character of Jim but more so than anything I love Celine Celine's my favorite character in the entire in the entire story there's 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 a strength and vulnerability to her that I I Really get behind, but you know, it, I just like the idea of them building this this amalgam family, this 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 modern family out of what's left in the in in, in their apocalypse. But the scene that like really drew me in the most was when Jim is captured, and the, they're going to throw him over the wall and just let the let the zombies have at him, right? And uh, the you know the 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 one I always call him the fat soldier, but he's not really not that fat. But yeah, he, and he's just like, think about it. What would you do? with a diseased little island and like they they have the flashback and jim sees the plane going overhead and he's just like fuck no i'm not gonna die because the whole world is going on it's just us dealing with this problem and you know it's it's like this moment where the, the the person you've been following who has been a traveler in this story he's been he's just been taking the journey with everybody else he's very much been while he's been our main focus point he's very much been our our vehicle into this story he's been our focal point he's he's been the one that we we recognize and resonate with but in that moment he decides to become a hero he decides to become a person who fights and doesn't just take the ride you know there, there, there's a moment where he snaps and from that point on in the film it is brutal <laughs> like and it's not the brutality that's coming from from the infected on the outside it's the brutality that our main character is willing to perform to protect the thing that he is now holding most precious to him and it's the relationships that he's built over this journey and like i remember watching this film and by the time i was done i was like oh fuck i love this fucking movie like i love this movie i even what i even like it enough to like think of the the sequel yeah I still like that, too. Not as much as this, not as much as it, obviously, to make any type of list or anything like that, but it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable enough. So much so that I wouldn't hate if they made a 28 months, 28 years, or whatever the fuck they want to make later. Um, As long as Danny Boyle wants to come back and be involved, I'd be with it. I'm down with it. Let 's see what you got
1: yeah yeah I, I I agree with that um I sort of liked the idea of twenty eight weeks because we 're getting the, the we're sort of we 've got the twenty eight days which is essentially yeah after you know it's shortly after something goes wrong. Shit. Everything goes to shit. And then 28 weeks after the, the, the event, we're seeing like, okay, other countries have, have brought their military in to help.
0: I, I like it for that political aspect, but I, I do think it's a pretty well crafted film, but it doesn't even hold a candle to 28 days later. Obviously, I think that's the one that's on both of our lists that I think everyone has seen. But if any of the films that duty or I have mentioned, if you haven't given them a shot, we, Extremely encourage you to to give them a watch. I think Duty has gotten a little bit of homework from me for some of these horror films. I've gotten (laughs) I've gotten a little bit from him as well. So uh, reach out to us on the Facebooks, on the Twitters. Uh, Jay runs our Facebook. It is Super Movie Bros Podcast on there. Let us know what your top five is horror film from two thousand to two thousand and nine. You can reach out to me on Twitter at Super Movie Pod and let me know what your top five is. for 2000 to 2009. Obviously, I got to give a big hand to our guest, my good friend Duty over at the Shaken Not Nerd podcast and Shaken Not Noob Duty. Do yourself yeah. a favor, man, plug yourself deep. Yes. <laughs>
1: so deep, the sheer fucking degradation. Um, yeah, so uh, Shake and Not Nerd is uh, is, is the, the podcast I'm on. Um, on Mondays, if you search into your your, your podcasting app of choice or, or Spotify, look for Shake and Not Nerd. On Mondays, we release movie episodes. So, um, our most recent one that I was on was the review of Joker. Um, by the time this episode releases, there will be an episode that um, it'll essentially be run by our two other co-hosts, Ian and Ollie, because everyone else on the show is out Pack, so we're too busy. So, I have no idea what that is. Apparently, it's a secret episode. But on Mondays, we do movies. Uh, so, we catch up on news. Very similar to, to of course, Super Movie Bros. Uh, so, we catch up on some news. We talk about essentially what we've been watching and stuff like that. And, and then on you Fridays... Guys,
0: you guys do something we don't do on the show. You guys talk um, about... Rumor thermans?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, we we, uh, we got this little thing that if there's a rumor going about, you know, oh, this person's going to be cast in the Batman film or something. Yeah. It's, instead of it being a rumor, it's a rumor thermon. Um, right, like- and it, that causes all of us to sort of scream me and- at it. Well, me not scream at and- it, but sing
0: it. One of the small things I enjoy when I when I listen to Shake and not Nerd. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it pops up every now
1: and then. So, um, that's a bit of fun. At the end of episodes, we also do trivia. So, uh, if you've got trivia questions that you want to send through, Dave has sent through a couple. We've got a, l- a couple of other listeners and stuff Lots like that. Of Digimon lot of a Digimon. Lot of Digimon. <laughs> Digimon questions are the questions to go for because no one a lot of our a, there's there's five of us in total including me and a lot of them don't watch Digimon or never watch Digimon it makes me so just- because
0: I never even got into Pokemon so like when I hear like Digimon questions I'm like you're going what you're going into a rabbit hole that I can't even I can't even fathom let alone follow
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Mondays is the uh, is the movie one, and then on Fridays we do Shake and Not Noob, which is on the exact same feed, and we do nothing but talk about video games. So uh, we just reviewed Grid, which is the racing game done by Codemasters. Uh, we did uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, and of course we'll have Star Wars to talk about. And I'll actually have um, some pretty cool things to talk about Star Wars that's uh, that's in the pipeline. So um, hopefully some some Q and A questions going out to uh, to EA and and uh, and Disney. So let's um, let's hopefully see where that goes.
0: All right, man. So. Uh, definitely check out Shaken Not Nerd and Shaken Not Noob on the same feed. Just search either one of them in your preferred podcast. Listening app and uh just start binging those episodes man uh and subscribe follow all the rest of them if you're enjoying this show make sure that you subscribe to it so that you get every new episode as it's released and please 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 any way that you can leave us a five star review on whatever app you listen to if your app doesn't allow if your if your preferred listening app doesn't allow you to listen to episodes just you know what just send us a message just reach out to us just say hey man really enjoying the show because I got to say we had someone reach out to us earlier this week his name was Richard uh, he reached out to Jay on Facebook and honestly what he had to say just made me feel so good because me and Jay recently have been just going through like our, our content and stuff like that wondering whether we're hitting people the right way whether, whether whether we need to change anything and you know he told me that recently he discovered our podcast uh he loves the fact that jay catches hell from me and he and 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 he absolutely resonates with jay a little bit but he also likes the fact that he has a lot of knowledge and and sings and is the loud guy so he, he he gets in with me so he's he's a kind of a mix of of both of us he actually watched zodiac on our recommendation and really enjoyed it and was still buzzing about it days later which i'm very happy that we were able to recommend something that someone hadn't seen and they really enjoyed it but you know he just wanted to say that all he was going to do was be recommending the show to more of his friends that like movies and his podcast you know his podcast app that he listens to doesn't allow reviews of podcasts so he just wanted to reach out to us to show us how much he appreciates the show Uh, so rich i want to thank you so much just for reaching out to us i don't need your review I don't need anything else. <laughs> I just need you to tell me that you're enjoying the content that we've been putting out for three years, and it, 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 that makes me feel good. And I'm gonna stop talking about it now because I'm going to start crying, and I don't want to be the guy that cries on his podcast <laughs> because I am. <laughs> well, I am that guy. I'm a sappy motherfucker.
1: That's the thing as well. Like it, by getting more, you know, if you're enjoying the show and you're recommending it to friends, that starts you, you and your friends talking about the show, and then you contact Dave, and then essentially all of you. We're having a joint conversation on and then what do you think of this casting for for batman what do you think of the new woman? it's 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 providing your input to the show so then they're providing your you know personal yeah. topics and discussions into the show
0: that's it just just interact with us like if, if you can't leave a review or or or, or you just don't you, you don't have the need or or the ability to join the patreon then that's fine just reach out to us i mean that's really all all we're looking for is we we do this to be to be heard, not, not because we think that we're have some sort of superior opinion and stuff like that. We're just trying to reach out to the world and have a conversation. So when you reach out back, it, it, it goes a long way to, to, to making us really want to keep doing what we're doing for, for, for you guys and for ourselves. So I want to thank Richard a lot for leaving that to us. Make sure you're checking out Shake and not nerd, Shake and not noob. And I w- that's it, man. That's it for Super Movie Brothers tonight. I want to thank you guys for listening. Have a great night. Cheers. Cheers.